let me uh, encourage you to be in prayer for another church. Um, Grant Miller made a comment to me when we were going through the COVID. Uh, said, uh, you know, he says, other churches have been praying for us while we're going through it. And uh, now that we've been through it, and uh, now we are Herd Immunity Baptist Church, you know, uh, he said, he says, hey, we have a responsibility now to pray for other churches. And he's right. We really do. Because people prayed for us. And so pray for Adam and Melissa's church down in, in uh, uh, Nashville, in the Nashville area. Smyrna, actually, I believe is where it's at. Uh, Grant, do you know the name of the church? Rutherford County Baptist Church. Rutherford, is it? Rutherford County Baptist Church. Uh, I, didn't their whole staff get hit with the thing? Their whole staff got hit. Uh, it just, uh, it, it's really hit them very, very hard, just like it hit us hard. I mean, we, we, got, <laughs> we got pretty much wiped out by the thing. So be in prayer for, be in prayer for Adam and Melissa. Do both, both of them have it? They, neither one has it. Okay, okay. Evidently, the New Yorkers uh, aren't susceptible to the Tennessee version of COVID. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but be in prayer for them and also be in prayer for their church. All right, Zephaniah chapter 2. We're just going to read one verse and get right into the message this morning. Let's all stand together. And you read along silently as, uh, as, as I read aloud. Verse, chapter 2 and verse 3. says, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment, Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I am so thankful for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. Um, you know, one day we, like that last song says, we're going to be able to see you face to face. Those of us that have trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, uh, because our sins are forgiven, we'll, we'll see you face to face. We'll, we'll be able to greet you and you'll be able to greet us. And uh, I'm so thankful for the redemption and the salvation that is full and free in Jesus Christ. This morning, Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts about a quality that needs to be in all of us this next year. Uh, quality that I, I believe is one of, the, one of the key most important qualities for a Christian to have. And uh, it's something we need to be constantly reminded of, constantly aware of, and constantly surrendered to. So we pray, Father, that you would just guide and direct. Bless us, the word of God as it goes out. And may the spirit of God minister to our hearts this morning. As you speak to our hearts, may we respond and say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Book of Zephaniah is, uh, is, a, is a book that was written, and Zephaniah was a prophet who was contemporary with, with uh, Jeremiah. He preached during Josiah's reign, and he foretells of the incoming uh, invasion of, of Nebuchadnezzar. What this is, is this is a book of, of coming judgment. And uh, he tells them to seek the Lord, seek righteousness, and then he says, seek meekness. Seek meekness. Um, 
Meekness is a, is a extremely important character quality for us to have and an attitude for us for us to have toward toward God and toward others. Um, what I'm preaching on this morning is just simply the need for meekness. Why is meekness so important? There's a real need for it. And again, in this particular case, you've got meekness being preached just before judgment. And if you'll catch the last part of the verse, it says, It may be ye shall be hidden the day of the Lord's anger. Uh, he's telling this to God's people and saying one of the things that is so important for you to get a hold of before that, before that judgment comes is to get meekness. Uh, if... if uh, if things continue as they have been continuing for many years in America, we're heading for, and I think we might even be experiencing a little bit of it even now, uh, some judgment. And for God's people, it is so important to understand. You know, you say, well, well, uh, yeah, but I'm saved. Yeah, you may be saved, but you're part of a nation that, that could be judged. And uh, uh, so you're going to go through it too. But the thing that's important to, to understand, regardless of what goes on around us, is that we desperately need to have the attitude of meekness. Now, what is meekness? You know, I, I have heard in the past, meekness is weakness, uh, meek is a mouse. Uh, those, are, those are incorrect uh, descriptions of meekness. What meekness is, is a yielded and a surrendered heart to God manifested by our treatment of others, uh, having a mild temperament, not easily provoked or irritated, given to forbearance uh, under injuries. So, uh, one, of, one of the things you don't hear Christians talk much about is forbearance. The Bible talks about forbearing one another in love. And that's just simply putting up with one another. Uh, why? Well, because God's put up with a lot from you and God's put up with a lot from me. And uh, we, ought to, we ought to have uh, that same spirit toward others. A good illustration of meekness is, is uh, when you take a horse from the wild and uh, a, a trainer brings him into a corral and spends time breaking him. Now, the, 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 the horse, once he's broken, still has a will still is strong, still has strength, but it's under control. And it's not under his control, it's under the control of the master, of the man who has broken him. And that's exactly what meekness is. Meekness is us coming to God and having a surrendered and a yielded spirit and letting him have total control. Um, let me give you an example of meekness in Scripture. Go, go to Numbers chapter 12. You know, I, I love it when God makes commentary on people in Scripture and when it's God that's doing it. Uh, for instance, in the New Testament, the Bible says that, and this is the Holy Spirit who said this about David. He says, David was a man after God's own heart. Now, David never said that, but God said that about David. That is such a wonderful compliment and a, a wonderful uh, title to have 
a place to, to your name, a man after God's own heart. Well, here's another one of those very similar to that. Uh, look in, in uh, Numbers chapter 12, look down in verse 3. 12.3, it says, Now the, the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. You, you realize what he said? He said, of everybody that's living, Moses right now is the meekest man in all the earth. He's the most surrendered. He's the most yielded to me of all the people that are on the earth. Um, you know, that's, a, that's, that's quite a compliment for God to give to a man. And he gave that to Moses. Did, did Moses ever respond without meekness? Well, the answer to that is yes. Take your Bibles and turn to Numbers chapter 20. Just because you are strong in a particular area or you have yielded yourself, that doesn't mean you can unyield yourself. And we need to realize that none of us ever have nor ever will down here arrive. And all God's people said, we don't arrive down here, okay? We arrive up there, okay? But we don't arrive down here. And uh, be careful. Uh, one of the things that I have noticed, I've noticed it in myself, I've noticed it in others. Uh, sometimes the devil can get to us from our strongest point, not just our weakest point. Our weakest point, we know we're weak. Our strongest point, sometimes we, we uh, put our guard down. And, and I believe that's what happened with Moses. In, Moses, in uh, Numbers chapter 20, look with me beginning in verse uh, 2. It says, And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Now understand this. This isn't the first time they've heard this. They've heard this over and over and over and over again. And these people it just were giving them fits. And verse 4 it says, And why have ye brought up the congregation of the Lord uh, into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? And, and wherefore have ye made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us in unto this evil place. It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. Now, this is not the first time this has happened. The first time was, uh, was prior to this, when uh, they needed water, he said, go to the rock and smite the rock. Now he's telling them to go to a rock and not smite the rock, but simply speak to the rock. Now, the reason why we find out later in the New Testament is because that rock was Christ. It was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is only smitten once. He's not smitten twice uh, for our sins. And it shall, verse 8, it shall give forth this water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of this rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him, 
And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the and congregation drank, and their beasts also. Now understand, he disobeyed God. He did not do what God told him to do. But God was merciful. God was gracious, and he gave him water anyway. But look what he did, verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. Now, what he, what he simply said was, was that you, you didn't believe me. You had unbelief in your heart and a lack of meekness. And that's what he had here. He let his meekness drop and his anger came forth. And when that happened, uh, he connects, God connects that with a lack of belief, with a lack of trust. Uh, and and uh, uh, when... When meekness goes out the window, the faith starts to diminish. And you see this in the life of Moses. He lost his meekness, and it, it happened due to unbelief. He lost the blessing as well. He lost the blessing of the promised land. He was told, listen, you can't go in because of the, uh, of the, of the way that you, you handled things and you did not sanctify me before the eyes of the people. Uh, meekness uh, uh, causes us to trust God. When we, are, when we are meek, we trust him. When we lose our meekness, we start trusting ourselves and taking matters into our own hands, and that's exactly what, what Moses did. Now, what are some characteristics of the meek? And I'm not going to ask you to turn to these verses. I'll just give them to you. If you want to write them down, you can look them up later. But some characteristics of meekness. Psalm 22, verse 26 says, The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They, the meek shall eat and be satisfied. Uh, meek people are content people. Uh, they don't have demands because they're yielded. They're surrendered. Whatever God brings their way, that's what they're willing to accept. Uh, you know, we... <laughs> Meek people don't have demands, but can I tell you, many of us as spoiled Americans do. And we've got it so good that we get to the point where sometimes we, we demand certain things. When we're meek, we don't do that. When we're meek, we take what God gives us and are content with it. Then, then the second thing is Psalm 25 verse 9 says, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. A person who's meek is teachable. A person who's meek is, is leadable. Uh, God can change direction uh, on him. Uh, God can, uh, can teach him, can, can guide him and direct him. And, and uh, he's not there chomping at the bit, nor is, is the person there uh, fighting God at all. They're surrendered to him. Um, you know, how do you respond? How do you respond when somebody corrects you? How do you respond when God corrects you? How do you respond when someone gives you instruction? 
Yeah, there's some folks that, that uh, and there are some times we're all this way, I think, when you just can't tell us nothing. Well, you know why that is? It's because we're not meek. And what I want you to, to understand this morning is when we lose our meekness, we get in a very, very dangerous place in our life. Uh, that was the case with Moses. Moses, up until that particular incident, was going to see and enter and partake in the promised land. And that one time he dropped his meekness, he lost it. He lost it. I wonder how many blessings we have lost as individuals just simply because we dropped our meekness. Um, another thing about people that are meek, uh, Psalm 37 verse 11 says, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Uh, meek people delight in peace. Uh, you know, they, they like peaceful uh, situations. Over in Romans 12, it talks about as much as, live, uh, uh, as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. Well, that's a meek spirit. Uh, can you let issues rest? Or if, if something is uh, under your craw, so to speak, do you just keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it and hitting it? Or can you back off from that thing and just, and just let it be? Uh, a meek person will be sensitive to that, to know when to back off and when not to back off. And, and they delight in peaceful situations. Now, I'm not talking about being a compromiser. Sometimes, you know, you bring up peace, and independent fundamental Baptists all of a sudden say, yeah, there's a compromiser, that's peace. <laughs> now, you don't have to be a fighting fundamentalist all the time, you know? Uh, honestly, and again, it doesn't, you know, if you're meek, it doesn't mean you don't fight. It doesn't mean you don't stand for what's right. You do, but you're surrendered. You are surrendered to God, and you're yielded to him, and you delight in peace. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 19 says, The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. person that is meek has got joy. There's joy in their hearts. Um, you know, you always have, you always have uh, if you're saved, you always have salvation. You always have God to rejoice in. And so you've always got something that is a source of joy. Um, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm thankful for, and I'm, I've been thinking about this over, the, over the, the last few months, it's just so good to not only be saved, but know you're saved and know you can't lose your salvation because it's not dependent upon you, it's dependent upon God. When you got salvation, you didn't get it because of you. You got it because of God. So how in the world can you keep something that wasn't your responsibility in the first place other than to just simply receive it? That's all you did. You received the gift of eternal life when you trusted Christ as Savior. And, and that alone ought to put great joy in your heart knowing that, that you have that eternal security and you have a God that said he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. Titus chapter 3 and verse 2 says, To speak evil of no man, 
to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Um, that just simply means you've got a gentle, non-combative spirit. Now, does that mean even to people that are combative? Yeah. Yeah. You know what tests my meekness? Is when somebody who isn't meek comes up and gets in my face. You know, what we do is uh, we justify it. We say, well, that guy did a stupid thing, or that guy uh, pushed my buttons. That, well, you know what he did? He tested your meekness. <laughs> and God brought him into your life to show you you're not as meek as you thought you were. And I've, I've had that happen over and over and over again. A person who's meek does not have a combative spirit. They have a gentle spirit. Um, you know, you look at the Apostle Paul, and there isn't anybody in Scripture that was any more wronged than the Apostle Paul was. And yet, though he said, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I've kept the faith, but you don't find him uh, going after people. You don't find him being combative toward others. Now, he did warn about some people that were dangerous, that were harmful. He warned of wolves to the Ephesian church in, in uh, Acts chapter 20 before he left it. Uh, but you don't find him having a vindictive spirit. You don't find him having a combative spirit uh, toward, toward folks. Uh, will he, did he expose that which was wrong? Absolutely. But he had a meek spirit. He had a surrendered spirit. Now, what are some things that meekness walks hand in hand with? Uh, in Scripture, it says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? If, uh, if we find out some things that meekness walks with, we'll realize what kind of... What kind of, of uh, uh, company we need to be keeping. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, Jesus is speaking, and this is the only time he talks, he, he gives a, a, a description of his own character. You know, this is the only time you're going to find this in, in, in the four Gospels. And he says, take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. When Jesus Christ described himself, he put right at the top of the list, meekness. You know what that tells me? I need to put meekness at the top of my list. That needs to be something that people see in me when they see me and when they have dealings with me, that I have the meekness of, that, that the Lord Jesus Christ has. Uh, that's the one quality that he used to describe himself. And he says, meek and lowly. Meekness walks hand in hand with lowliness. Loneliness is just simply being humble, being free from pride. Uh, having, uh, uh, it, it's funny, Webster's 1828 Dictionary says this about lowliness. Having a low esteem of one's own worth. Well, you can tell that wasn't written after 2000, amen? <laughs> Uh, you know, today you're hearing, oh, you need to have self-esteem. No, you need to realize that you're a sinner saved by grace. 
you need to realize that uh, left to yourself, you would be of all, all people most miserable. Uh, understand that. And, and uh, that's what loneliness is. Loneliness is, uh, is an attitude that we need to have that we're not all that in a bag of chips. Uh, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Let me ask you something. Is there anybody you're better than? Now, don't answer that. But I think all of us have got that idea that, well, you know, I'm not great, but I'm sure better than. What does the Bible say? It says, let each esteem other better than themselves. In other words, when you're treating others, you treat them like you're under them, not over them. And that's a meek spirit that does that. Uh, Second Corinthians, or excuse me, First Corinthians, chapter four and verse twenty-one says, "says What will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod or in love, and and in the spirit of meekness?" Uh, he says that if he comes in the spirit of meekness, he also comes with love. Uh, when you, when you have meekness, there's there's love that you have toward others, and you know what's you know what's uh, a blessing and really. It's a good thing to understand about biblical love that we show toward others. Nobody can stop it. Paul said, the more, speaking to the Corinthian church, he says, the more I love you, the less I be loved. You say, well, weren't they stopping his love? They were not receiving his love, but they couldn't stop it. They couldn't stop it. He said, the more I love you, the less I be loved. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, that's not in there, okay? But uh, just it, essentially, that's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, I'm not going to let uh, your lack of response to my love stop my love. The only person that can stop your love is you. And our love is affected by our meekness, by our surrender. Um, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 4 says, Let it be the hidden man. This is speaking specifically to ladies, but I think it really, it really matches right straight across the board, all of us. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not uh, corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. A meek spirit and a quiet spirit go hand in hand. Now, that, that doesn't mean just silent. It means peaceful. It means calm. It means you don't always have to, to, you don't always have to respond to everything that you disagree with. It means that, that uh, you don't always have to say something. There are times when it's good just to sit there and be quiet and bite your tongue maybe <laughs> once or twice. But that's what a meek spirit does. A meek spirit and a quiet spirit go hand in hand. And then 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Meekness and fear walk hand in hand. Now this is not talking about the fear of man, but this is talking about the fear of God. 
And it's, 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 uh, it, it's speaking about being, being fearful of the Lord and fearful of what the consequences could be of saying the wrong things and doing the wrong things. In other words, you understand just how responsible you are for every action and for every word that we give. The Bible tells us that someday uh, we're going to give account for every idle word. Wow. Wow, I don't know if that gets a hold of you, but that certainly gets a hold of me. Every idle word will be accountable to God for. And, and when we realize that, that gives us a little fear, and that also, that also uh, causes us to be meek before God. Now, wh- why, is, why is meekness so necessary? Why is it such an important quality? Well, there's some reasons. Number one... Uh, it's, a, it's a characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit. Go with me to Galatians 5. Now I'll have you look these up. Galatians chapter 5. And in Galatians 5, look down in verse, verse 20, well, start in verse 22, 22 and 23. This is where God's given us the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. And notice, we've talked about this before, it never says fruits of the Spirit, it says fruit. In other words, when the Spirit of God is controlling you, all these things are there at the same time. In, in verse 22 it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. It's a characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit. It's necessary for us to be yielded in order for uh, us to be filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, Dave Corey was Sr. was talking a little bit in Sunday school this morning. And by the way, thank you for taking Sunday school. That was such a blessing. Really, thank you to everybody who, who jumped in and pitched in. Uh, when I pulled in, there were guys out in the parking lot trying to make it less of a skating rink and more of a parking lot. Uh, somebody else had gotten, uh, Dave Corey Jr. just gone out and gotten more salt and br- brought some in. I, I'm thankful for that. And just thank you for being here. I, I expected maybe five or six people this morning, and we've got a, got, got a, uh, a good attendance this morning, and I'm thankful for it. Um, but the, um, the uh, filling of the Spirit uh, it's necessary for us to be surrendered to God. And what the filling of the Spirit simply is, is just giving God control. Letting God be the one who steers the, the car, not us. And uh, uh, letting him uh, be the one who calls the shots. And, and that's meekness, and that's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, only meek people will allow God to control them. Self-willed people don't allow that. Another reason why it's necessary, Galatians 6. Go over to Galatians 6, look in verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. In other words, when you're going to help somebody who's fallen, you're going to help somebody who's weak, you're going to help somebody that's struggling with something, if you don't have meekness, you're not going to have the right spirit. And you're going to look like you know more than them. 
Um, I know people that, and I've been approached over the years by folks that have the right information, but they got the wrong spirit. And, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to give out the right information, but you better do it with meekness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Understand that whatever you're helping them with, you could fall that same thing in a heartbeat. And the moment you don't think you can, you're in trouble. You're, I mean, you, you're putting, it's just like putting a, a bullseye on your back for the devil. Uh, and, and we need to, to, to have that meek spirit in order to be a blessing. If you want to, if you want to restore, if you want to protect somebody else from temptation, it is absolutely necessary that we be meek. Uh, go to next book, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, when it comes to the local church, I love verses 1 through 3. I, just, I think this is a, these are verses that as a church we ought to take, as individuals we ought to take. Um, if we live verses 1 through 3 as a local church, we'll have a unified church. If we live verses 1 through 3 in our families, we'll have a whole lot more peace and a whole lot more unity in our families. Look at it. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, verse 1, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, right out of the blacks, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You'll never have the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace without meekness. Meekness uh, causes unity. It causes unity in a church. It causes unity on the job. It causes unity in a home. It causes unity in a relationship. There needs to be meekness. Meekness is, is absolutely essential. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you want to help others, you have to have you have to have meekness. Second Timothy chapter two. Good friend of mine. He and I got saved together. His name is Bob Hart. I, uh, I was texting him back and forth a little bit last night, telling him about my surgery, and uh, I remembered as I was getting this message ready that uh, Bob was one of the first people to, to just really point out. Uh, these verses that we're going to read, verses 24 and 25. And he said, you know, this really encompasses all that, all that uh, a preacher needs to be. And, of course, it was written to a preacher. It was written to Timothy. But the truth of the matter is, if you want to, if you want to be a help to people, period, I don't care who you are, if you want to be a help to people, you have to have meekness. And verse, verse uh, 24 says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be patient unto all men, apt to teach, or gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. It says that if, if you want to help others, you can't be a true servant of God if you don't have meekness. Um, and, and remember that when you're trying to help people... <laughs> And I, I've had this happen. If you've, done, if you've done any work trying to be a blessing, 
you've had this. How many, don't raise your hand. But, but how many of you have ever tried to help somebody and in the process they attacked you? Or they tried to do you harm? Or they got mad at you? If you're not careful, okay, you could look at that as a personal attack. And if you do, because I have, you'll lose your meekness. The meekness goes right out the window. If you keep in mind that you're helping those that oppose themselves, if that's your motivation, you say, man, I want to help that person because they're hurting them. It's not they're hurting you. Now, I could lash out to you. And, and again, it'll happen. But understand, you're not the one they're really hurting. They're hurting themselves. And if you have that kind of a heart, uh, that meekness will help you to understand that they are more important than you are. And helping them is the most important thing. Uh, you know, remember that they oppose themselves. Uh, Moses often had that very perspective. That, you know, he realized that the, the, the people, when they complained, that they were opposing themselves because they were complaining against them, yes, but they were also complaining against God. And he often fell on his face before God. Now, most of the time he had the right response when he came up. The one that we read here earlier, he did not have the right response because he lost his meekness. And then the last reason why meekness is so, so necessary is it's necessary for growth. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. It's necessary in order for us to grow. In James 1, look down in verse 21. It says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Now that tells you that confession and repentance of sin is necessary for meekness. You're not going to be meek if you're holding on to sin. You're not going to be meek if you're fighting God on an issue. It says, Wherefore lay, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Um, and then he, he goes on talking about the fact of being doers of the word, not hearers, only deceiving your own selves. You can't even get to that part in the scripture if you're not first meek. You've got to have that meekness. You, you can't engraft the word of God into your, your heart and soul and life without it. Um, and and you, know, you, know, you know, one of the things that helps my meekness anyway, and I think it would help yours too, if you and God disagree, he's always right, you're always wrong. That's all there is to it. You say, yeah, but my circumstances are. Makes no difference, God's right. Yeah, but I, I, I was hurt. Makes no difference, God's right. Yeah, but you don't know what they did. Doesn't Makes no difference. God is always right. He's always right. Psalm 149 and verse 4 says, For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. You think about this. If you didn't have any meekness, you can't get saved. Meekness, a, a understanding that you're a sinner on your way to hell and you deserve nothing but hell for your sin. You know what that is? That's the beginning of a meek spirit. 
That's meekness before God. That's being surrendered before God. And uh, uh, a, uh, a God, you know, God saves people that uh, get a meek spirit toward him. Psalm 61 verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus quoted this in his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Uh, that's who Jesus was looking for. He was looking for meek people that he could preach to that would receive the message that he had. Now, I want to close this with just asking you some questions this morning. How meek are you? How meek are you? Have you dedicated yourself to God and yielded all your rights to him? Or is there something that you're still holding on to? Do you have full confidence that God controls all that happens to you? If it happened to you, then it had to pass through God. I don't like what happened this morning with John Fallen and all that kind of stuff, and I'm not trying to make light of it in any way, but God allowed it to happen. It's all part of his plan. Uh, if, if, uh, if, if, if you don't understand that, then you don't understand the God whom we serve. And we need to have a, we need to have a uh, surrendered attitude. Understand that if something happens in your life, some, God allowed something to come in, there is a reason for it. And then, then thirdly, is it your goal to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, Jesus said, I am meek and lowly of heart. You can't be like him if you don't have meekness. Have you received and responded to the good tidings of the gospel? Uh, you know, have you, have, you, have you trusted Christ as your personal Savior? You might be here this morning, and you don't, you're not absolutely positive. If you died today, you go to heaven. Well, one of the things you need to do is you need to say, look, regardless of what I was taught, regardless of what I think, what does God say about that thing? And what God says is that we're all sinners. We all deserve to die and go to hell for all eternity. And the only way you can go to heaven is by Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for you and for me. Uh, you can't do good works to get in. You can't go to church to get in. You can't, you can't obey the Ten Commandments to get in. In fact, you try to obey the Ten Commandments and you find that you'll fail miserably. That's what they're there for. The Bible says the, the, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. To show us that we so fail by, by being able to do good that we so desperately need Jesus Christ. And then, then last of all, just cry out to him for mercy. Not anything which you have done and not any merits that you have, but just cry out to him for mercy and ask him to give you eternal life. Um, do you praise, do, do others praise you for a meek and quiet spirit? Or do they react to an angry spirit that you have? Do people resist your advice or resist your counsel when you try to help them? Maybe there's a reason. Maybe it's a lack of meekness. Do you, do you speak evil of those in positions of leadership? Well, that's, a, that's an important one. I don't say that because I'm a pastor. I did just, I've learned over the years. That's important. Do people ask you why you are so peaceful when serious ad, uh, adversities come into your life? 
Um, do you have, do people, are people able to see the peace of God which passeth all understanding? Uh, you know, when, when, when God's people are meek and surrendered to him and difficulties and adversity comes into life, the lost people look at us and go, what in the world is going on? That's what I call head scratchers, you know? They're head scratchers. Why? Well, because they, 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 don't, they don't understand it. Well, they shouldn't understand it. But they should see it, and they should see it in us. Um, have, you, have you exchanged your burdens for the yoke of Christ? He says, come unto me, all you the burden and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. And then last of all, when you do good works and are praised for them, do you take the credit or do you deflect it to God and to others? A, a meek spirit is absolutely essential in order for us to have a godly life. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to have the invitation here in just a moment, but before we do that, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Number one, are you saved? Do you know for sure? Are you absolutely positive that if you were to die today that you'd go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ? If you can look back to a time when you, when you have trusted him, and you currently, right now, trust him and him alone, as your personal Savior, and you know you've been born again, I wonder if you just raise your hand as a testimony of that. Say, Pastor, here's my hand. I know I'm saved. I've trusted Christ as Savior. All right, thank you. You can put your hands down. Is there anybody here that would be just as honest and say, I've not done that yet. I know I need to. Would you pray for me? Anyone like that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't point you out. I wouldn't embarrass you for the world. Boy, I'd sure like to pray for you. All right, you're here this morning, and as a Christian, God has tapped on your heart's door. There is a something, or maybe several somethings, that you've seen even in your life this week that show not an abundance of meekness, but a lack of it. And you've realized that there, there are some things that you need to take care of between you and God. And again, that's what meekness is. Meekness is coming to God yielded. Meekness is coming to God surrendered. And God has spoken to your heart about something, and you'd just like me to pray for you. I'd, I'd love that privilege. Anybody like that here this morning? All right, see that hand, see that hand? Hands all over. Amen. God's working on us on meekness. That's good. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you that you constantly work on us and with us and through us. Thank you, Lord, that just like this morning, you speak to hearts. What a blessing that is. And Father, uh, help us to see how important this morning meekness is in our lives. And it's just simply being surrendered to you. We so often like to take the bull by the horns and grab a hold of the handlebars and just uh, go our own way. But Lord, I pray, Father, that you'd show us this morning that surrender is the answer. And surrender to you. Uh, Father, we pray that uh, you'd give strength, give direction, give wisdom to those who raise their hand and said, God's working on me about something. I pray, Father, they, whatever that thing is, that they give it to you. They surrender it to you. Lord, uh, there isn't anything more sweet than uh, giving up to you. 
I've done it over and over and over again, and we'll continue to do it until the day I see you face to face. But Lord, help them to see that uh, the very thing that you have laid upon their heart that they need to take care of, you'll give them the strength and the grace and the mercy to do it. Bless this invitation. May you have your will and your way in our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's stand with heads.